who knows? I might wind up on the cover of Rolling Stone with a pair of shades and a Grammy in my hand. Just a blue jean boy in a great big world of yes. I got my speech already in my head. Then I'll say, then I'll say, I'll say, thank you, Uncle Dean, for teaching me La Bamba on guitar. Thank you, girl from Broken Bow, who shot an arrow through my heart. Thank you, Mama, for the roll, and thank you, Daddy, for the rock. Most of all, most of all, thanks to the bulls that bucked me off. Yes, yes, man. <laughs> What's going on, Tim? Not too much, Manny. Oh, man, this is crazy. I feel like I'm in Vancouver. I'm in Whistler. No. Yeah, well, you're supposed to make it to Vancouver, uh, but you never did. I'm coming one day. I'll be out that way, but you're here, which is great, and you just snuck it in. We just... Yeah. I, I guess just magically the DMs kind of lined up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you were just saying, oh, I'm coming in for the weekend. Great. All right, let's sneak it in. And yeah. then you just finished some shopping, and now you're here, and we're recording. Yeah. <laughs> what a whirlwind. <laughs> Thanks for opening up the show. I know it's, uh, what were you singing there? I didn't recognize it. It's Kit Moore, the bull. Oh, okay, country. there it is. That's country. Right. No, country boys, I know. Uh, pound for pounds in the house, man. Yeah. What do we want to talk about? <laughs> Everything. I don't know. Framing, forming, building, permits. Let me do well, permits, huh? Oh. Well, this is interesting. Your website is actually pound for pound. So LB. L yeah. LB for LB frameform.com. That's clever, man. Yeah. I didn't know that. Pound for pound. Yeah. I totally dig that. Yeah. And then Timmy at pound, same way, pound for pound frame and forming or yeah. frame and form, frameform.com. Yeah, you got it. And that's it, right? How do you pronounce your last name? Sprague. Sprague. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. Like All the right. Toronto Jays pitcher. I don't know if you know him. No, I don't follow back him. Back in sports, the day. Unfortunately, no, way back in the uh, day. Instagram is uh, pound for the number of pound framers. Yep. Thanks for coming, man. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah. It's been a funny couple of years. I know we've chatted a number of times on Instagram, DMing and shit like that. And I always tell you and everybody else, here's my number, call. Yeah, like, and you and and I did. We've had a couple <laughs> phone conversations, and it's great, man. It's, Just you know, talk. That's yeah. all it is, man. We yeah. all live in the construction life. We're all kind of going through a bunch of crap and shit. But yeah. Work is good for you? Yeah, work's good. You, you know? got a lot of nice builds going on out west, man. Yeah, I got uh, currently two builds going on. Uh, one's up in Wedgwoods. That's for a, a homeowner slash builder. Um, and then I'm doing a second one in another subdivision called Alpine. Okay. Um, and that's for a, actually a develop, developer. And a, he's not a true builder, but so. How's the crew? Good. Actually, just ramped up. I've been struggling to find guys, as everyone, the last four years. So. Nobody wants to work, or nobody's out that way? Uh, Whistler's hard. It's a very, like, Whistler's very transient. Okay. So, like, you know, people come for a season, and they, they screw off. So, it's like, they'll come for the winter, and then maybe hang for the summer. They'll work for the summer, and then kind of, they'll leave. How are you getting all your work, man? Still all word of mouth? Um, so, I kind of... It's a lot, a lot of it's through connections I made within the industry before I went on my own. Okay. And like, I purposely did that. I came up under a builder and as I was his project manager, I purposely took the extra steps to like, you know, um, be the one emailing the architects, the engineers, the suppliers, like, you know, and my other form was like, oh, you know, you don't get paid to do that. But I'm like, nah, this is, this is the, you know, this is the long game. I don't need to get paid now for it because... The long game is these connections should last and bring in money in the future. Who when taught I go you on that, own. man? Like, why are you, or is that your thought process? That was just my thought process. How young are you again? How young? Uh, shoot, uh, 30, I'm a 92, so. 92, man. Yeah. Dude, I was out of high school three years already. <laughs> Could be your dad. 
Yeah. No, it's just like it's funny how I see a lot of these young guys like yourselves, man, like pure talent. Yeah. Just pure talent, understanding the game, understanding how to how to how to work the construction industry. Right. Yeah. But yeah. obviously there's there's like ups and downs, but yeah. but you're still working the industry, right? Which yeah. is really good. You're being yeah. smart about it. I totally have yeah. spoken about this as you've heard so yeah. many times. You guys, you younger guys are actually tackling it a lot better than the older guys did when they were getting started. Yeah. yeah. Right. Which is good to see that. Right. But um, yeah, that's what I was just trying to figure. Cause I know you got some good stuff going on in the work and I was just trying to figure out where you're getting all from and connections is yeah. smart. Yeah. Like a lot of it's from that, but then, you know, social media, it's been a big thing too, you know, but social media is more of, you know, they already know the name and then social media is more of a portfolio. Yeah. That, that's kind of like out there in the open. Um, yeah. Uh, word of mouth. Whistler's a pretty small, pretty small town and there's a lot of work with not enough people to do it. So it's always going to be the case, no? Yeah, Whistler. Yeah, Whistler's a, we call Whistler a bubble because, you know, even when you guys, I know, I wasn't building really at that point, but when was it, the 2007 recessions? Yeah, or 2008, whatever. 2009. 2008, yeah. right? Well, what happened in 2010 in BC, the Olympics. So. Monster. Yeah, so like 2006, 2007, 2008, Whistler's never slowed down. Wow. Right? Even now, it's, it's crazy as ever. But the work is good. Yeah. And pay is good. Yeah. And clients are good. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's a, you know, I've always said we're really blessed to build in Whistler because of what we get to build, the clients we get to build for, because, you know, it were, the projects are, you know, there's quite a bit of money involved. Um, so for, for me, it, they're, they're a lot more fun, fun to build than, you know, some track homes or something like that. No, you don't want to get, I mean, how are the clients? Are they involved at your stage? They're coming in, they're checking it out. They're part of it or no. Yeah, it as you probably know, it depends on the client, depends on the project. And, you know, I built where, um, you know, the, the client was overseas, never saw him. I've also built uh, for clients who are on site every two days and they wanted to, you know, they want to clean up, they want to help out, you know, so it, it, it ranges. That's nice. Yeah. 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 Really nice. Eh? Well, it depends. <laughs> it depends. Sometimes, you know, those clients, you know, they showed up for a concrete pour once and, you know, right. Uh that's kind of where I don't like. You're in our speed. way. Get yeah. out. Or, and, you know, it, you know, uh, what's the saying? Like, uh, you don't need to see how the sausage is made as long as it tastes good at the end. Right. I, I like that. So, <laughs> you know, concrete pours, they get pretty intense. So, like, you know. <laughs> that's not a that's not a teaching day. No. And like, you know, there's, you know, yeah, I forget what happened. I had like a spacer block and it fell in a form and it was 12 feet down the form and it was an exposed wall. And I was like swearing and cursing. I started ripping the form apart. The clients are there, like, "Oh, what's going on? Should we be nervous?" <laughs> yeah. No, out. this is concrete pouring. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> this is this is a typical concrete pour. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when did you get started, man? Cool. I know yeah. we talked about it, but yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I want other people to know. So it's yeah, like sure. you're a kid. In my eyes, you're still a kid, <laughs> right? You're a kid, man. And uh, so, I mean, why? Why did you choose construction? Why did you choose framing? Why did you choose forming? Why like why did you get into this world? Uh, I guess it kind of just fit the lifestyle, to be honest. Uh, I moved out west just after high school. I had a little bit of carpentry experience just doing renos and stuff for a guy back here in uh, where was it? Uh, anyways, uh, just outside of Newmarket. Okay. Um, so I had did that for a couple summers, and then I moved out there, and I just wanted to be a ski bum actually. So I was you know applying at every dishwasher job so I could work nights and ski every day. Couldn't get a job because I had nope. no experience. Nobody would take you on? 
No, because at that point in Whistler, it was like, it was actually the opposite as now. Uh, there was yeah. like job fairs. Yeah. So like you'd line up to get a, to get a dishwasher job. There'd be 20 guys in line with a resume in their hand. Wow. That was 12 years ago. Now it's like the complete flip. But, but anyway, so I basically lived for a month and ran out of money. And there was a bunch of constructions ads in the paper. And I said, oh, well, I got experience. Emailed a couple. Was on site the next day working. That fast, huh? Yeah, yeah. Didn't know much. You were just learning as you get. You got yeah, I was like, learn. I was a straight, you know, I'd done renos for two years, I think. And that's about it. But you were up front and forward with them. Telling them yeah, this, yeah, this yeah, 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 yeah. I started as a laborer kind of thing, right? Yeah, so that was it. Just a laborer. And then, uh, yeah, I came up. I worked for a big, big company in Whistler. It wasn't really my cup of tea. Uh, They're a huge uh, cost plus builder. Okay. And it was kind of, you know, you were just a number and, you know. Uh, Did you feel it? What? Like you felt that you were just a number? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it was more of just a money-making machine. And I don't know. I like big customs. It's I like to be the, the in the middle of kind of like efficiency track building and custom, like high-end yeah. custom building. I like yeah. to marry the two. And that company, I kind of found there was a lot of like hands in your pockets, walk around, sweep the room three times. And, you know. That were you just making mental notes of what my business is not going to be like? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And at, at that point, I wasn't really sure what I was going to do because, you know, and thankfully my dad kind of like, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do. And my dad kind of pushed the trades, actually. He was like, well, why don't you go be a carpenter or get into the trades? If Hey, if you don't like it, get your ticket. Never goes away. Exactly. You know, in 10 years, hey, if you're not a carpenter anymore, that's a skill that you'll always have. It doesn't matter that it's not your career. And you could build your own house one day. Yeah, exactly. Or well, you if you're getting your own house built, you at least know a bit more. Yeah. Right? So it made a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. So that stuck with you. Yeah, exactly. How's the rest of the crew? Is it the same kind of thing? I mean, what's who's the youngest on the crew and who's the oldest on the crew? You're not the oldest, are you? I'm the youngest. You're the youngest? <laughs> yeah. I think are you so. serious? I think so. Oh, no, wow. I just, I actually, that's a lie. I just hired on a new Aussie guy and he's 23. With the madness of lumber over the last three years, dramatic costs, and uneven ground forms, shit excavators can get away with murder. Just let Fast Foot by Fab Form in or out on your screen boards. It acts as a capillary break, preventing moisture from getting into the home through the footings. And it allows tradespeople to form any depth of footing with just two by fours. Don't forget about all the time saved in just simple axes, moving forms around the job site, cutting, stripping, and disposal. Find them at www.fab-native-form.com and follow them on IG at FabForm Industries. But he's a baby. Yeah. But I'll tell you, I don't know. I don't know if you ever work with many Aussies. No. They're hard workers, man. Like I found all the guys who come over. But I, I think, I think, I don't know if you've had a podcast, but I was listening to a podcast with an Aussie builder before. I don't know if it was on here or not, but. Well, it was quality, right? But maybe, I mean, technically his mom was from there and yeah, then he yeah, took okay. the name and made it. Yeah. yeah so okay. there was an Australian connection there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. And I've heard like Oz is, does a lot more fixed price. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's, it's the trades are, I don't know. They seem to have a little more hustle there. Than, they do? Yeah. Yeah. So the guys from, from Oz always seem to be pretty like. I'd also say there's a little bit more respect for the trades. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, I would say Oz, the guys, trades are held to like a, a higher standard yeah. in Oz, for sure. Yeah, because yeah. I know a lot of guys that came from Ireland or even Europe that made their way through Australia yeah. and then eventually to Canada, and yeah. they had that mindset. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Yeah, so he, he's he's a, you know, I haven't hired anyone younger than me in a long time, and he's actually, it's great, he's a ticketed carpenter in Oz. At 23? At 23, 
And he's his, good. He's good. And his dad, yeah, he, you know, his, he came from a long, his family's all in the trades. His dad and his grandpa are both ticketed carpenters in Oz. So, so he's swinging a hammer and diapers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, He'll be yeah. swinging a hammer and diapers. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's still in diapers. <laughs> but and to be honest, that was, it was a big breath of fresh air, man. Because yeah. I haven't seen that. And, you know, like I said, mostly everyone else is older than me. And yeah. But. Is it, is it, Tim, I got to ask you, is it, is it nice to, and listen, I've gone through this shit too. You lose the love for the business, man. You lose the love for the industry, but it's nice to get that love again, right? And it's just how do you how do you handle that, man? Because we all go through it. I, yeah, it, yeah. it ain't all glitz and glam. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the kids coming into the industry, they see the gram and they think it's all glam. Yeah. And it's not. No, definitely it, not. There's ups and downs, right? So yeah. it's just like you got to ride it. And trust me, man. There's a lot of shit that I haven't shared, and there's shit going on. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. But I mean, like, it's nice to get back up. You yeah. know what I mean? It's not. It's 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 hard to stay down, but it's nice to get back up, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think it's like anything in life. It's, you know, it's an emotional roller coaster, oh, right? <laughs> but, you know, uh, I, I try to, you know. When we, you're, we built the roller coaster, by the way. Yeah? That's, it's out of wood. <laughs> <laughs> like that old, uh, what's the what's old wood roller coaster at Canada's Wonderland? The, uh, Ghostbuster? Or, no, the uh, be- Beast? Is it? Is it still there? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be. Somebody but, built it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it definitely has its ups and its downs. But you know, I don't know. You got to, you got to, you got to endure the downs to be able to, you know, appreciate the ups. Right? Yep. It's like the saying, you know. I don't know. Not to be cheesy, but you know, if it no, it's very if true. It, if it, you know, if it never rained, a sunny day wouldn't feel sunny. Right. And I think when you're in the depths of it and you're in it, you just got to remind yourself that. Yeah. And like you got to remind yourself that it you're the the down doesn't last forever or no. the, 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 the shitty time doesn't last forever. It's you're going to you're going to come up from it. Right. Yep. And that's what you got to hold on to rather than because I find you can also get stuck in the cycle. You know, when you're in, your, you get down and you get, you know, oh, why am I doing this? Duh, 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 nothing's working. And then that kind of just it's a vicious cycle that keeps like. Yeah. Right. So you got to break it. But. I think it's, it, I don't know, it's like anything in life, right? You ever pinch yourself, man? I mean, I'm seeing some of the posts that you've shared, and, and I'm envious of the job site, your office. Yeah. And you're like, it ain't filtered to death, to, by the way. that That's like Mother Nature filter there. Yeah, yeah. And you're seeing these beautiful images, and you're envious because that's a homeowner that's going to be living that, and that's their, that's their view. Yeah. That yeah. they're going to see when they wake up, go to sleep, and whatever. And you're like really envious at that point. You ever stand there, you're working, and pinch yourself with the crew, pinch themselves, and going, this is nice, man. Yeah, man. I like it. It's it's crazy. I've been in Whistler for like I said, I think eleven years now, almost. Yeah. And yeah, on the job site, as every day, you know, we still we'll sheet a floor and we'll stand there with the boys and we look out. We're like, pretty fucking rad, eh? Yeah. You know. And even even my drive to work, like going up to ninety nine on the highway when you're driving to work in the morning, it's like still never gets old, man. You look around, Glacier Lake, mountains coming out in the background. It's not so bad. Not a bad idea. Everybody was working in Ontario to make their way out west. Yeah, well, hey, I'm always hiring. <laughs> but you just need to find a place to live. <laughs> That's the crux. Build it. Build a place and just kind of, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, it's expensive. Huh? Yeah, especially in Whistler. There is a, a lot of a lot of companies and actually, you know, more of the bigger builders. They actually have all, they've acquired staff housing. Cause That's like, they purchase houses. Because so they know. Yeah, yeah. Like right now, like that young guy I just hired, he doesn't have a place to live. He might have to go back if I can't find him a place to rent. What is this, government rules bullshit? No, no. It's just, <clears throat> um, no, you just can't find a place to live. Oh, Whist- you, oh cause yeah, Whistler, like, it's, you know, Whistler's worse than Toronto. 
the rent is insane. Yeah, and and there's there's no supply because every what everyone does there is they either Airbnb or they can't they, maintain that. Man. Yeah, or they or they got so much money that you know basically they don't care. Their house basically a lot of the houses in Whistler, you know, I would say probably 60-70% are vacant for 70% of the year. That's insane. Yeah, yeah. 5 million dollar homes, they'll use it. They'll use it for their Christmas vacation, maybe. They'll come out once a year. <laughs> what is the wealth coming from? Like what is it? It's not mostly Canadian wealth. No, like it's a lot of it's offshore, right? Yeah, a lot of offshore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of offshore. There is there is a bunch of uh, Canadian wealth and like I said Whistler's a bubble because Whistler's a resort destination yeah. you have like Whistler and you have Aspen right yeah. and the who's who you know like you know Gene Simmons has a house in Whistler like name name they name go a, name a celebrity they have a house there it's kind of a status thing too right yeah. so that's what that, and because of that there's you know we have a what's called Whistler Housing Authority so yeah. so it's actually a, a, a segregated um, affordable housing for rental and and buying for locals who work there, so you basically have to prove that that you work in you you work in Whistler for I think it's over a year or something like that. Okay. Um, and then you can get on. Basically, it's a waiting list, and so it's all rent controlled and all um, uh, all the sorry um, all the prices of the homes are controlled. Also, this is a smart move. Yeah, but there's but the crux is like. For a person like me or you, Manny, a home is a, an investment that we want to build and, and gain equity on and be able to reno. And, and you can't. But you can't. You can't so that's, start it. So that's the crux, though, because, because, because you can only charge, I forget what the actual percentage, but the rate can only go. So say you do an $80,000 reno on the house. Doesn't mean you can't charge. And you, when you go to sell it in two years, you don't get that money back. Nope. So the biggest issue with the Whistler Housing Authority is a lot of these homes don't get touched. So they get they get run down and you know what I mean and for someone like me or you to buy that is kind of like then you're having to yeah yeah and and like even if you have to spend money to fix it you don't get the money back out so it, it's like yes it's more affordable but then you're still not really getting your foot in the door in an investment kind of standpoint and as a home owner if that makes sense so are you getting ahead of the game or is the game kind of just becoming too big and too difficult now man i mean it's not just you there's lots of tradespeople that are just struggling as well too right like it's just they're trying to work earn yeah. an honest living yeah but obviously we're seeing that canada is not the cheapest place to live or yeah. even set up or get started <laughs> yeah and then you're trying to provide and you're trying to just get things done and it's hard man so it's like you get these kids coming into the business trying i'm sure that it was a slight wake-up call for the aussie guy to come here and realize wait a minute that's how much it's going to cost. To <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's always going off even about like how much food costs and oh, stuff like that. Because Whistler's, Whistler's crazy for everything. It's even more expensive. It's even more. Here. Wait, uh, the more important question. Are tools more expensive out there? Uh, yeah, well, in Whistler, I don't shop in Whistler. That's for sure. We have a lumber yard. It's crazy. I hate the Rona. I hate you, Rona. <laughs> um, <laughs> and this show is brought to you by Rona. Yeah, no, yeah, it's yeah, not. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. So but, they're uh, ju they're just gouging. That's all. Yeah, yeah. Opportunity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, but I don't know. That's why, like I just said, I just came from Atlas there, machinery. But normally, I order all my tools from them. Really? Yeah. Because it's just too expensive over there. Not even expensive. It's just selection. Like we have a KMS and we have a Summit tools. I'm sure you have those out here too. KMS Summit. Summit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. But uh, oh, actually, KMS is a BC brand. I think actually. Okay. But they're similar, but they're just not quite the same level. Um, you know, I run a lot of Makita and, and stuff, and 
like their XGT, their new 40 volt selection out west. Like I can't find anything. Really? Yeah, no. You, you can get your like your in your normal stuff, your impact, your seven and a quarter, uh, your drills, but you know all the you know, like I just picked up the the cordless fourteen inch cutoff saw or like you know the ten and a quarter. Did you get the Makita cooler oven? No, I didn't. <laughs> I see. I've seen that. Though. I've seen it too. We is have that a, legit or is that like fake? No, it's legit. It's legit. Yeah, it's legit. The cooler's legit, but the oven. Well, I don't know, but the microwave oven? I no, it, it's an actual oven. No, like, I don't. Size, like cooler. easy bake, like I, easy. Yeah, bake? like that. I seen a guy <laughs> put a chicken in there, man, and cook it. And I'm like, is this legit? I don't know if this is legit. I don't know. I wouldn't I put know. it past Makita. Yeah, I wouldn't. That's they, the thing about yeah, it, right? Yeah. So probably they, just, they they tested it with duck, I guess, or something yeah. like that at yeah, first, yeah. right? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm saying the Asians. Yes, I get it. I understand? Yeah. Okay. Send your letters to. I don't care. <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to ask you, construction bone, man. What's your biggest construction bone to pick right now? Oh, oh there's a lot. I don't know. There's I was just few. looking for one. Uh, my biggest one. I guess my biggest, uh, I don't know. My biggest construction bone, I think, is probably people not understanding actually what it takes to do what we do. Good one. Right? Even, even you know, builders and clients and even people in the industry, you know. When I quote projects and the builder comes back, well, like, you know, I'm, and I go over, I'm like, well, you got 36 hold downs, I got six Simpson shear walls. I got 40,000 pounds of steel. Like, you know what I mean? It's not, you know, I'm not framing a simple, simple box. You need a professional here. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, here with, you know, row houses, it's like, yeah, you need a seven and a quarter and a, a nail gun and away you go. Right. Like, you know, I have two 16 inch beam saws. I have three chainsaws with head cutter base plates on them. Mag drill. Like, you know, it's, <laughs> it's insane. And yeah. you need to know how to be efficient. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the crew and everything like that, right? Yeah. Just take it with you. I just kind of follow it. Oh, One day I'm going to have start nightmares where I just the mics are everywhere. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Worried yeah. if anybody's carrying all my conversations. <laughs> no, no, you're running like you're running a tight ship. You're running everything properly. You understand what it is. Plus, you're also you're running a business. And I love that recently you, we had Sam say that he's not running a dot org. He's actually a profit company and yeah. he's not in there just for making, you know, breaking even. He's actually in it to make money. Yeah. Everybody that does a good job and they're skilled. They're in it for making money. Yeah, of course. So it's just like you've got a lot of overhead that's going on to produce what you need to produce based on what's been drawn. Yeah. So you've hired somebody or you've, I guess the clients start off with this architect. They have no problem spending all that money on the architect designing this design that's really challenging for you. Yeah, it depends. They, they still, really? Well, <laughs> it depends. They still like, that's what, anyways. I find a lot of people end up actually cheaping out on their architectural sets. So but then what, they have that lovely rubber stamp that says as per contractor on site kind of bullshit? Yeah, exactly. So you and have like, to figure it out? Yeah, and like this last one, like I said, it's he's a homeowner builder. Good guy. He's actually a buddy, okay. somewhat of a buddy, but he, um, he's doing it himself on a homeowner, but he's trying to save. And, he, you know, I got the plans and I'm like, what, why is everything to drywall? He's like, oh, I didn't want to get like the final construction set because it was an extra 15 grand. And I was like, he's a buddy. So I'm like... <laughs> Okay. So you're missing a piece of the puzzle. Yeah, yeah. So basically I went and I just redid all the measurements on plan using Bluebeam. So now you got to work harder. It's not part of your scope. Yeah, but for that project, it's okay because because he's a homeowner builder, I told him we're going to do this hourly because I'm going to basically have to do a lot of 
the builder's job yeah for you like as long as he understands that yeah and he's totally chill with it and so he, basically he's gonna end up spending that 15k yeah more or less but like you know whatever makes you feel better and sleep better at night if you think you save some money kind of i find like a lot of clients you know where are they spending the money tim what do you mean like clients where are they still hanging on to the red knobs and spending all the money on the finishing crap yeah you know what i mean is yeah. that what it is they're yeah. trying to save as much on the front end for the back end yeah pretty much you know everyone wants a wolf stove and they want you know they want a 48 inch <laughs> fireplace double glass see-through both sides they want a you know a 10 foot triple slider door and you know right big walk-in closet and they want all that shit to fall down because it wasn't structurally put together yeah, yeah. properly yeah they don't consider that no, cracks yeah. cracks yeah. and all kinds of stuff yeah exactly but yeah i just i, I just find yeah like you realize that you could hold your own with an engineer right oh i do yeah, i know oh i just let everybody know oh <laughs> so i'm saying is like, that you don't have the seal yeah you don't have that schooling yeah you don't have their experience but you could hold your own yeah so but this is comes from what i touched on before manny is when i when when an engineer came to site for uh, like you know when i do my framing inspection or i do my basically they come to site like three times i do a footing inspection see the engineer i do my wall inspection see an engineer and they come back basically some of them will come like mid frame to go over some stuff if i'm going to if i'm going to bury it i'll be like hey why don't you come through sure. when i'm at the second floor cuz i'm going to bury a bunch of this steel da, 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 da. but then normally it's just a framing inspection but i know when they come my point is coming back to before i said i i'd made those connections it was the same with the engineers I would, I would make a point. They're going to come to site. I'm going to use every minute of their time. I'd have like a list of 50 questions. Hey, why did you design the, the tails like this? Hey, yeah. why is the steel beam like this? Yeah. Hey, hey, what's, why is this beam that and that beam's that? You know, and that's where you get information when they're like, oh, actually, you know, the engineer. So just off the top of my head, it's like uh, a three and a half by 11 and seven eighths PSL can bear, bear and carry the same weight as a nine, nine and a half by five and a quarter so they're interchangeable three and a half eleven seven eighths nine and a quarter uh sorry nine and a half by five and a quarter right like i said you could hold your own with an engineer that's <laughs> <laughs> what i'm trying to get at yeah and I, i've actually i don't know i've always thought like you know if i won the lottery get into that world i'd go uh, well i'd go get my engineering degree i'd go get my architect seal then i just i'd draw all my own projects and build them i still frame them that's like, would, I don't know, would, like you, I would you argue with yourself on stuff that you? Oh, did? for sure. <laughs> and I'd probably tell myself I was dumb, and why didn't I give myself a measurement here? And <laughs> leave Tim alone. He's on the hill there. Don't worry. He's just having a conversation with the architect and the engineer. <laughs> yeah, just, <okay. laughs> wait a minute. There's only one person up there. <laughs> exactly. Up there yelling at myself. <laughs> but yeah. So. Uh, but it's like plenty of opportunities on a job site for any trace person to learn. Take advantage of the opportunity there, man. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. You've got these other people that are smarter than you. Ask them. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I don't know, I, I always took carpentry as like, well, when I moved to Whistler, I was like on this train, I wanted to be a, a pro athlete, a pro skier, right? And that kind of, that kind of dwindled and then carpentry came in. But then when carpentry came in, I treated it the same as like trying to become a pro athlete. Smart. Right. And it's like the more time and the more effort you put in, you know, it's, it's when we say dirt biking, it's saddle time. Yeah. The more time in the saddle, the better you're going to be. So, you know, like, you know, and, and I'd even be like that kind of like, I wouldn't want to take time off work because it would be a gap. Like I'd always, you know, I'd always wanted like, 
oh no i can't miss a week because then i'm a week behind kind yeah. of thing right you're missing a lot more opportunities yeah and and, and that's the same thing on when i was on site like i said with the engineer asked as many questions as i could my foreman you know they they, they fucking hated me because i was annoying as shit hey why is this like that hey why is that like that hey 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 you know what i mean so because you care they, they didn't yeah. really care yeah. that much right they just punch in the clock yeah yeah a lot of guys do they just punch the clock and you know but but it's hard because you come to this like there's there's also a balance right yeah you know and like i still had i, I still need to find that balance like and i think i don't know with me i i get hyper focused so like i don't know i'll be in like the misses will will know like i'm in work mode for like three months like three that months. long really yeah like three months like every night I go because home. of the project. Yeah, yeah. You're consumed by it. Yeah, you're trying to problem solve stuff that's been yeah. built or going to be built. Yeah, and then kind of I don't know if you've noticed, but kind of once the, like Christmas hits, we always try to kind of like Christmas January we kind of try to be closed in, and then we back frame and I'll have the boys go and do some siding and slab prep and all that, and then that's kind of when I step back, I take a breather. Yeah. You know, engineering's passed, muni inspection, all my framing inspections passed, so now it's just you know. Just lasers and back framing, easy stuff, right? Window prep, putting in windows, like that's all, you know. It's cake. Yeah, well, it's, from from a mental standpoint, like yeah. the, as long as you put the RO in the right place and it's the right size, then the window goes in, right? So at that point, you can kind of just. Whew. How are the inspectors out west? Uh, it's good. So in Wedgwood's, that one I'm building, it's actually a different Muni than Whistler. Really? So there's okay. SLRD, which is Squamish Lillet Regional District. And then there's the Whistler RMO Resort Municipality of Whistler, um, so the it's really 15 minutes away, but it's 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 in a different muni. Okay. Um, the SLRD deal with a lot more of like rural, and they they're like pretty spread out, so they're okay to deal with. They're pretty good. Um, the Whistler muni is like a pain in the butt. Are they? Oh yeah, and, and it's hard. Like even for any the, particular reason. Uh, it's more just they're understaffed. Like I probably hear it's, you know, for a permit, you're, you're talking six to nine months for a permit. It's insane. If it's drawn, submitted correctly. Yeah. Like six months if it's, there's no revisions. Wow. Right. But there's always, I've never, I've almost never had a project come back without having to go through Muni once or twice. So how long can it get a year? Yeah. Over a year. Wow. There's been one I was, I bid. A year and a half ago. How are you looking at that? How are you juggling that? You, what's a commodity? Everything's a commodity these days. So yeah. all of a sudden you got a price, but your price is good for what? Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. It, it, my, my price is like contingent on, on a two-month period when I give it. Yeah. And, and more so how I kind of do it. The builders have come to me before permit and they want a quote. So I basically give them a rough, a rough quote to get them kind of to make their budget and their yes. timeline. Yeah. And then they submit to permit and then I come back and we revise everything. And, you know, I, I'm within, within 20, close. 20% of yeah. what, what I first said, but you know, some things do change. It's like this one I'm doing. There was like almost, there's a bunch of steel added in the roof. Now there's a bunch of cantilevered steel with one inch thermal brake plates. And like, you know what I mean? So it's like, well, your structure changed. The price is going to change. Let me do a little history and construction here. BC stuff. Oh. I, don't, I don't even know if you know this stuff, but oh, maybe uh, I do. Abbotsford. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, the biggest home in BC. Any is idea? 
It is uh, 29444 58th Avenue in Abbotsford. That kind of makes sense. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, like farm farm yeah. designation, so yeah. they're on huge lands, and they'll build like crazy. Forty seven thousand square foot <laughs> cathedral like front entrance to a grand dining room, spacious conservatory, and tunnel that leads to the serpentine pool, and it's basically a farmhouse. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's wild. There's a there's a few of those out out that way because it's big farmland and open space and and anyways. beautiful scenery. Yeah, yeah. Who owns uh, the uh, Canada's most expensive house? currently right now or actually this is back in no 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 this is now yeah oh i don't know chip wilson founder of lululululemon oh yeah the house is located on the famous golden mile and is the most expensive home in canada it was designed by the well-known architect russell hollingsworth and built in 08 uh who has the biggest house in canada uh peter grant multi-millionaire owner of the grant forest products corporation you get a lot of wood from them. Yeah. Uh, began work on his dream home way back in 2005. He made it his fortune. He made his fortune in wood after setting up his company in 1980, and soon became North America's third largest supplier of Orient Orient Strand Board. Uh, who owns most properties in Canada? The Which one entity owns the most properties, properties? in Canada? Uh, it's got to be a. Uh, who's that? It's got to be a corporate. I want to say Omni Group, but no, they're <sighs> the lovely government of Canada. Oh, really? Yeah. They own 90% of this land on this country. Oh, that makes sense. Right? So we have a lot of land. Yeah. And there's not a lot of homes on the land, but they own 90% of it. Makes sense. Makes sense. So. There you go. <laughs> little history and construction, man. I'm so glad that you're here, man. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. I don't even itching to get you on the show forever. Yeah, we've been talking for a long time. Oh, yeah. like, I don't, I'm trying to remember, I don't know, when you first reached out to me or whatever, but it's been years, though. Yeah, four years at least, for sure. Kinds yeah. of stuff. And I only respect what, like, you do everything right. You fucked up. Everybody fucks up. It's just yeah. part of it, right? Yeah. But, well, but you, you do everything right. And, yeah. that, and speaking back to the valleys and the hills and that valley, well, all that kind of crap is that you go through bad, you come, you come through good. That's yeah. all it is, man. Simple yeah, as exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. Um, what's your take on the future of construction? Well, you ever well, think about it? You ever ponder it? Uh, to be honest, no, not really. You don't think about it? No, you focus on. It's like fuck. You can't look at that, huh? <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, it's like uh, next week's big enough. Like it's like as long as I got four days figured out, and I feel like I'm not burning to the ground. So I don't know. As, as long as I kind of know what's happening next week, that's about. That's as far as it <laughs> as goes. As far as I kind of get. How many guys on the crew right now? Uh, there's me plus five. It's so six of crew. us. It's good size crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was only that in the winter is just me, me and uh, one other. You want to tighten it? I don't know why. That mic's been acting li up lately. We got it, we got I don't it, know what happened. It. Who touched that mic? Was it me? I don't when know. I was doing Zoom calls? Probably. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, sorry, what were you saying? Uh, the crew. Oh, yeah, like the crew. That. Yeah, yeah. Up until the winter, it's like basically me and Marco. And that was it? Yeah, just me and Marco, and that was, uh, that was pretty much it. And then, I don't know. I, I'm like a, yeah, I'm a pretty big believer in, in, I don't know, natural selection or fate. So I've always, you know, thought, thought about, oh, I want to get bigger. But it's like, well, if the guys come, then I will. And four guys kind of messaged me all at once. And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that second project kind of lined up with the other one. And I was like, okay, let's do it. Do First. you need to get bigger? No. You don't need it. 
No, I, I don't need to get bigger. You got two really good jobs going on right yep. now, projects, and then obviously you're gonna have other projects coming yep. along as well too. Yeah, I think where we're at, I'm like super happy, and and you know, I think it, it's it's a good sized crew, and we can kind of do the amount of work I wanted to do in a year, and you know, we can actually get stuff done. Before it was just me and one. It's 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 just me and one guy. So like you know, it it takes us twice as long almost, right? I sometimes see the downfall specifically of framers they get too big too fast yep. and they have too many crews going on at the same time yep. and then the work suffers. Yeah, of course. It's almost the same recipe over and over for that, yep. right? Yep. So I guess that you guys are thinking in your back head, do I really want to do that? Do I want to go there? But it doesn't look like the economy is going to change that much out West. No, I don't think so. And, and it, like I said, I kind of waiting for it naturally. Like I'm kind of doing two at once right now, but they're, they're staggered in like, stages and there's going to be waiting because the one in Wedgwood is actually a, a sip panel construction house so we're not even doing site walls so wow. it's so it's a lot easier for us framing i'm just waiting for it to come i'm gonna i'm gonna do all the sip installation um you up for that yeah there's some of that stuff going on here yeah sips i've done sips so i built for two years i built bone structures did you like it i hated it <laughs> Thank you very much. I'd say the same thing. I I've asked. never touched it. I looked at it on paper yep. and I've checked it out. Yeah. There's faults. Huge faults. Yeah. Huge faults. So when I start seeing huge faults, I'm like, mm, I yep. don't know if this is a good idea. Yeah. It's it's super expensive. So for the structure, I think you're going to look at almost 60% more expensive. That much? Eh? Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Well, think of the price of steel. It's gone all up now. It's insane now. Yeah, yeah. And they had, we had big issues because we did them in Whistler and then because they're steel structures, then the Muni came back and they were like, oh, no, like we actually need them to be designed under commercial. It can't be designed under part nine because they're steel. So then we had to go back Makes and sense. then because they're commercial, we actually we ripped a bunch of drywall out of the ceilings. We had to put gusset plates on all these metal joists and like it was insane. What a nightmare. Yeah. And then they all all the all the bone structures, they need to be sprinklered. So that's an added cost, too. Right. Why do they need to be sprinklered? It's because it's commercial. Oh, so then moment, the moment. Okay, so they right. It's not. It's not technically. It's not under Part Nine residential anymore. So as soon as you get into commercial structure, they aren't you guys? Isn't BC implementing sprinklers in residential now? They're trying to. Yeah, I think it depends on the zone and um, the so like Wedgwoods, like I'm talking about in the SLRD. Okay. Um, it's in a forest fire zone, so every single house there has to be sprinklered. And only 32% of your exterior cladding material can be combustible. Combustible. So pretty much everything there, everyone does like a hemlock or a cedar soffit, mostly hemlock. And then basically it's all hardy, standing seam, or... Um, that must upset. Or lux. The homeowners, right? Cause Pardon? They, they, that probably upsets the homeowners because they really want that wood on the exterior. Yeah, some of them. But like it's kind of, if you're building in Wedgwoods, it's in the covenant, you kind of know. Like, it's kind of, you know what I mean? And there's ways around it now. And to be honest, like, as much as I'm a carpenter and I like working with wood, like on uh, one of the last houses, it was the first time I actually used inch and an eighth cone face hardy for uh, fascia board. You ever use that? No. It's inch and an eighth fascia board. Thick? Yeah, inch and an eighth hardy. And it's it looks like cone face spruce. So it's got the, you know, like the, it looks exactly like it. Looks good. Oh, I'll do it again. In a it sucks to work with. How do you cut? Uh, you cut it I'd, we, on a chop saw. Really? Yeah. Huh? Hardy blade chop saw. Airborne? Yeah. 
it's still silica yeah, kind yeah, of crap, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, all yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. No, it's terrible to cut. How are you doing miters or how are you doing corners on that? Uh, well, that one, the builder wanted me to miter the corners. They don't suggest mitering the corners. They open up. Mm-hmm. That's so, what I figure, yeah. Yeah. So they kind of, you kind of void, you're not going to get the manufacturer warranty. But that's been two years. And what I did was basically um, we, we caulked and left a little gap. And I put trim head screws and then filled over them. That's smart. On every miter. Yeah. So, like, it's been two years. It still looks the it same as day one. It doesn't open up. No, it still looks the same as day one. And, like, that, that fascia will never cut. Like, it'll be... Like, it'll never yeah. warp. And all yeah. That. yeah, it'll never rot at all. Yeah. Anything. Yeah, and that's the same with, you know, your standing seam siding. You know, it's good for how many years, right? You know, all the Lux. I don't know if you ever dealt with, like, all the Lux metal siding. No, I've seen it. I yeah. haven't dealt with it, though, yeah. but... A lot of clients are getting into now. There's way it's almost like way too many options these days. No, yeah, for sure. Way too many options, man. But nobody wants to just build a brick but house anymore. It's a brick house. Exactly. We don't do those. In, I don't even we, know. We like, don't do brick houses. If in they BC. were to rewrite the three little so, pig story, man, well, like what kind of houses would they be building at that point? <laughs> <laughs> It'd be yeah, I don't know. It'd be your track home that blows down. <laughs> it would be I don't know. Yeah. Puff and a puff, man, and that's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, the bone went down, but yeah. that's, all right, that's different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but anyways, yeah, the bone structures. Back to that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I. It's a, you know what the bone structure to me is a beautiful marketing exercise in construction. It's that's what I always said when we were building them. I said these guys are these guys. You know what these guys are good at? Marketing. They're not good at. You know, there's a spend, lot of companies in yeah, construction. They, they, I think they that. spend more money and more effort in marketing than actually like fixing and making their structure and their assembly better. That they would have they would have been better off if they would have approached people like you here. Test it, please. Are you forming your footings the same way your grandpa did? It might be time to have a look at Fastfoot by Fatform. Fastfoot is a high-density polyethylene fabric that you simply staple to 2x4s to form any size footing. A 100-foot roll of Fastfoot weighs 14 pounds and will form the same amount of concrete as 1,500 pounds of lumber. That's a lot of weight off your back and a lot of lumber not in the landfill. Find them at www.fab-form.com and follow them on IG at Fabform Industries. Yeah, well, I don't know if anyone followed me back then, but... <laughs> but, I mean, they I should got, have been I got, searching. I got emails from Bone that I wasn't allowed to post stuff. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They were asked... I would, I'd like They're that. not telling you. Yeah, they were telling me. The they builder, were telling and then, you. Well, they would tell the builder, and the builder would come talk to me. Because at this time, I wasn't my own entity Listen, yet. from there, the next post would be me with a jerry can yeah. walking towards the job site <laughs> and just going, yeah, you guys started the fire. I'm going to continue it. <laughs> yeah. That's what oh, would happen. And seriously? Yeah. Oh, I just crazy. There, but it's because there's. That's cra- not the way to handle it. No. How about make the product better? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, I, yeah, we had a, we, me and my other foreman at the time butted heads with these guys because we're we we were, because you guys were we're framers and yeah. we like what we do and we're into it and we're like yo you know what I mean they're like eh, I don't know it was the communication with the company was terrible to be honest. Listen, and, not, not everybody kisses ass on the gram, right? Yeah. So you can't do that all the time yeah and and it's like well this is real flaws in your design and your assembly and your structure and why you know. not take it back to the team and rework it and yeah, then come back we had we had a whole structure so i don't know if you've ever seen it all the posts they're like a four by four almost they look like almost like an hss okay but they're more like a, i don't know if you anyone ever played with meccano or connects oh so it's like Basically, you'll have a bunch of sections of posts, and then they're all drilled every two inches with the three sixteenths hole, 
two holes up the whole post. So it's basically like, and then part of the post has a male end and then yeah. part of the post has a female end. So you basically can make different post heights, make different configurations by putting them together and then you, they get tech screws, Got like it. Hilti tech screws. So yeah. everything's basically just Hilti tech screwed together. Wow. But you'd have, especially in Whistler, and this is, you know, there's a time and a place and like they didn't have Whistler figured out either because we have snow loads, we have, we have seismic, right? And so, you know, they started having to use these like different heavy gauge posts but they couldn't drill them so they started laser cutting them but then none of but because the laser i guess hardened the hole all the hilti uh, tech screws would snap on this one project so i had buddy i don't know i think it was over sixty thousand holes he had to redrill it was insane that's just stupid man yeah and then that's when we contacted bone and they had two two guys come out and drill holes for us also all, so they joined the whole crew. Yeah. And just to fix all the holes. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. There's a little bit of a design fraud. Yeah. Am I going to. Well, I don't fuck it. Who cares if I get emails from Bone or whatever? Oh, I hope you do. Well, I'll probably invite him on the show. Yeah. yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> invite me just, back. I invite I, everybody. I go head to head. <laughs> I invite everybody on the yeah, show. Oh, yeah. you hate my guts? All right. Come on the show. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, but like, like I said, you know, time. I think there's a time and place. I'm not saying, you know, there's not a time and place for it. Yeah. I think they're kind of. I don't think the custom market, I think they should simplify it. They should make it cheaper and they should, you know, it would be a good, good option for places that are more remote because you basically, they send you everything and an impact and you, you basically you put it together. It. Yeah. Right. So there's, you know, time and place, or if they could get it down more cost effective and build more row homes with it where everything's the same and then it's mass produced. Cause if they could produce the same structure multiple times, it becomes cheaper. No. At that point, you're getting into modular building, which yeah. I don't think they can compete with modular and panels and things like yeah, that. Yeah, they're, they're, they won't think be they, able to compete yeah, against it. I don't think they could get their price. Like when I'm down. starting to see, and there's stuff that I'm, I'm working on and I'm taking a look at, like yeah. modular wise, and I'm like going, this is insane where this is coming from. Then you start talking numbers with them. Yeah. And you're going, this is really insane. Yeah. Like, so it's like, it's going to be challenging for you as well, too, because I, I'm hearing just framing crews can't compete with the numbers that are associated with this. So if you don't get on that train and yeah. get working with these new products, yeah. you're going to get priced out. Yeah. I think, and like the goal is actually, man, you like, you know, I, cause everything. Yeah. And this is the debate in framing is offsite built panel construction, right? It's and coming. It's, it's coming. here already. Uh, it's and, not coming. But we've always done that. Yeah. I do it on site. It's true. This is different. There's no, like, like the two years ago when I framed that atrium house, like I framed every single wall and stacked it all. And then we, I, I, I flew them in in one day with a boom, right? So we're doing prefab just on site. Yeah. And this is, you know, eventually the goal, like I said, it's hard because there's no space in Whistler, but ideally I'd like to get a piece of land and have a huge shop with living quarters above it for staff. And then we could, we'd be, I, I'd like to be uh, in the middle of, uh, you know, the high end tag or passive BC passive house panels because they're super expensive and like, you know, I'd, I'd like to be more of like your kind of same site framed, yeah. but we can get it together quicker because what I could do is, you know, say we have a month, maybe I can't, maybe I don't necessarily pre-build everything, but I can pre-cut everything yeah. and label everything. So then we show up to site and the walls are just crack a bundle and you just, you have a nailer and you go, right? You think it's possible to modularly built a workshop that can just be planted on a certain area and then you work and live from there. 
Yeah, for sure. If you had the space, but that's like more if you're building it. Like in Whistler, the sites are so tight that like you know, like people in Whistler think it's crazy to have a twenty foot sea can as a tool trailer because like most places you can't fit it. Like on the last Brio job that went up the cliff, like I basically had to four by four crib over the ditch and cross my fingers that the Muni didn't <laughs> didn't hate me for it. Right? They never they never made me move it. So, yeah. but like. So, yeah, for sure. It, I think, but that's more, I think that would be more in farmland or rural areas and stuff like that. But you're trying to problem solve, man. Yeah. You're trying to figure out yeah. how to be more efficient. You're looking at your business. You're just trying yeah. to, you're just trying. That's yeah. what it is, right? Yeah. So, and in the high end custom market, like it's your modular, like you're saying, like guys are having, co- like in the high end custom market, I'm still way more cost effective than any high end panel company. It's, for you. it's more the timeline that people care about. Like I said, coming back to the permit issue, people are waiting eight months to get permits. Well, their permit finally comes through in September. Well, they put a foundation and they can get panels there and they can have a roof on by December. Yeah. Right. So that's like one of the builders. That's the whole the reason he did it. They built a house on spec and, you know, I was asking, um, you know, he's a good friend of mine and he's a builder. So I was just, as I was curious about pricing, he's like, no, like, if I had the time, I wouldn't do it. It's way expen- more expensive than site And plus, you're already, I guess, technically with the city, you got time anyway. Yeah. yeah. You just got to work yeah. the schedule. That's all it is. Yeah. And I think the biggest, what I see is, like I said, the biggest, the biggest bonus that everyone seems to love about the prefab is just timeline. Builders and clients, they love seeing a foundation, and then they love seeing the roof on a house in like four weeks, right? It's like... Well, get inside fast. Yeah. Yeah. That's so it, like Done. So that's right. If I could make a hybrid that we could compete with the timeline and still be cost effective because from that would work. Yeah, it totally would work. Yeah. So it's kind of like a hybrid. And then, you know, so how do we make the monkeys at the city hall speed up these permits? I don't know. They need to. I don't know. I heard that because you used to right now you can go into the office and like, hey, where's my permit? Or like, you know, actually face to face. I. Apparently, they're changing it so you're not allowed to go in anymore. So a public building yep. is not allowing the public to enter yep. the it's public crazy. building. Yeah, it's crazy. You have to do everything by email. So they don't have to confront you and speak yeah. to you, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everyone just stand outside. I see you. Yeah, yeah, I see yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Why is that? That's not being helpful. That's not going to speed up the process, man. No, it's going to slow it down, but I think it's, I don't know. Uh, and then an argument is like, oh, we don't have enough. We're understaffed. We're yeah. understaffed. Yeah. We're understaffed. Yeah. But this is what I've talked to builders about before, too. And it's like, well, I think I think all plan checking should just be third party. I agree. Right. There should be an engineering. Fast. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, the basically the actual plan checking is, is, you know, whatever you say, you need to be a qualified and approved by the government to be plan checkers or however you Are do it. Are we not doing that already, Tim? Like yeah, the amount of engineering. No, I mean, in, in just scope, in yeah. amount of engineering that's attached to any structure these days. Yeah, are we not already doing that? Yeah, for sure. The engineering, like, the muni doesn't care about the. Well, where I'm from, it's because everything's so heavily engineered. Yeah. They don't look at the structure. They don't like. There's never any markups. It's all, like I said, it's kind of probably like Toronto, but it's there's a lot of there's a lot of heights. Uh, like, there's always applying for height variances or, or setback moves or it's, it's all this kind of stuff. Right. Or like you have, you know, and with us, we're, uh, they've, a, a uh, Whistler adopted the step code. I think it was two years ago. Okay. So it's a bunch of that, right. Too, where it's like, um, 
um, oh, you're, you need your inner, inner, like the project I'm working on right now. <laughs> we actually don't have a permit. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Uh, do we're, not we're, go it's we're, pa- it's we're, pound the, the the word for pound on instagram <laughs> yeah 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 um but hopefully it's supposed to come through it's just like a anyways um i know but that's what listen i've done that too man but I, we're technically you know the 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 developer builder is pushing i was like hey you know what yeah i'll start if you want we'll put forms on the ground if they shut us down we'll shut us down yeah, because it is going to be. It's like we're just going through nuances. They're just going back and forth about the inner energy modeling of the house. That's what I was getting at. So it's okay. like, oh, your insulation, your windows, like, you know, it's not going to change. Like they've Structure approved. Structure wise, yeah. and the way it's going to go so, up. It's, here's the shell. Yeah, exactly. Are you guys? I, I know that in Ontario here, we've got all this. You know, the lovely we can build anywhere now. Backyards and we got to build on top of top of buildings or whatever. <laughs> is BC going that way as well too? You guys going ADUs and and things like that? Or is that an option? Um, yeah, I think, well, I can only really mostly speak Whistler's its own animal. Um, Vancouver, like, Vancouver has its own fucking billing code, so, like, who knows what's going on in Vancouver, but... <laughs> wow. <laughs> they do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, wow. in every, like, every house in Vancouver, you need a building envelope consultant. Really? Yeah, yeah, you can't just tie back and blue skin for windows anymore. You when? have to have an, uh, uh, an envelope consultant sign up. So, this comes back to, like, the muni taking even less responsibility right well then okay listen i'll give you the consultant yeah but you're speeding up my process yeah it's not i give you the consultant and you just keep on yeah exactly yeah oh man you gotta it's give and take at that point yeah yeah how much is a building consultant these days i don't even know i'm curious it's got to be four figures Mm, yeah probably a few thousand maybe yeah yeah for sure review everything just to sign oh for yeah 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 Yeah, no envelope consultant yeah no but then you're also every line item now is increasing because now you're framing your window everybody everybody yeah yeah i didn't know that eh? yeah yeah it's crazy but you guys yeah you guys are all well first of all mother nature seismic you got all kinds of you know lovely things going on out west but sorry back to your point um like the ADUs and stuff, I think in Vancouver they're starting to go that way because Vancouver is almost even tighter than Toronto. Yeah, I would say. Well, it's just Toronto. You do, you know, you can sprawl. Like I grew up in Aurora here, and now it's almost part of the city. Do you know what I mean? Like when I grew up there, it was like white picket fence suburbia, and people had farms. <laughs> it's insane how crazy things are going on now. But in Vancouver, you you know, the ocean's there, and the mountains are behind you, so it's. You can only, there's only so much building space, actually. Yeah. So it's it's, it's actually a, even a bit tighter. They'll start building on the mountains. Yeah. They'll start to look like uh, Canada's Rio de Janeiro kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. The favelas. Uh, they're starting to do that in Whistler because we're out of lots. There's really? been, there's, I know a few lots that were deemed basically unbuildable by the Muni. And people have bought them and hired engineers and. Based on what pr- premise on why you can't build, like the. It's basically geotech, I think, so the cliff. Right. Like really? It, it was, it, they're, they're, the two I know of are basically like on outcroppings and cliffs, and they basically the Muni didn't think you'd be able to build there. I understand if your envelope's really thick, you can get approval to build anywhere. Yeah. Not your building envelope I'm talking about. What do you mean? Your envelope is very thick. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can pretty yeah. much build anywhere. Yeah, yeah, and that's what they've done. He spent two years with engineers and geotechs, the one guy I know of, um, just through the construction grapevine, right, I've heard. Wow. And, yeah, he spent two years, and he's finally going to build on it. But it's been two years with geotechs and engineers kind of basically showing that they can build it. And In your opinion, should you build 
Why not? Structure. Structure works. Mother Nature's one way, or not Mother Nature. Yeah, Mother Nature, Earth. You can anchor it. Yeah. Like, as long you as can I build it. Engineers are smart, man. Like, if an engineer approves it, like, you know, they're not going to approve, uh, you know, an engineer stamps something, that's their livelihood on the line. Normally, engineers aren't going to stamp something, you know, and that's why people, oh, it's overbuilt. It's like, well, it's the guy's life on the line. You know, you know what? what I mean? That's a question that I, I never got a chance to ask an engineer. If somebody's on a job site one day to ask, does the stamp, if they retire, does that stamp still carry till the day they die? Ooh, I, that's a t- I, I'm not sure about that, actually. I know that the only thing I know about because you basically, a lot of our engineers become our, um, like, basically the, oh, I'm forgetting the term. It's basically the, uh, the principal sign-off for the whole project. Okay. Is normally the engineer on record. Generally speaking, yeah. Yeah. So, from what I understand is basically until that is, until that builds a certain age old, they basically are well, accountable so up to a certain amount of dollars for that. So, they have to have, like, so you can't just, like. So your insurance or whatever, yeah, in yeah. the event something happens, happens, but there's actually a timeline, so it's not indefinite. All of a sudden, yeah. it doesn't matter how long this dwelling lasts. No, yeah, yeah. The engineer is still not attached to it based on. That's yeah. what I'm trying to figure out. So I guess I guess the question is, once they there's a time limit, so even yeah. if they retire and then that's it, yeah. something happens yeah. to the structure. It's not. Really I'm sh- I'm sure if you know, say we did have a seismic event and something happened, that's and, different. That's an act know? of God kind of. Yeah. Thing, right? So like, so, but you know. Um, yeah, they these are all things that you'll learn when you become an engineer. Yeah, exactly. And an architect talking yeah. to yourself on the hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally do it, man. I could totally see you being that engineer out uh, architect out there, man. Yeah, for sure. At I, least you'll get a lot of respect. Yeah. From yeah. a lot of tradespeople. Yeah. Yeah, I've always said engineers and architects should spend some time on site. Everyone says that, except one, for the engineers and architects. Well, one of the best engineers I've worked with used to frame. It's good for him. And he'll send me pictures. He's like, hey, how do you want to build this? Like this? Or do you want to install it like this? Oh, so he's I can your cheat notes, eh? Yeah. So oh, and then wow. he's like, oh, I can spec it like this or I can spec it like that. How would you want to install this? Or how do you want to build That's this? That's nice of him. Yeah. Yeah. So actually communicating with the people yeah. that are nah, building. He's, yeah. And he's really good. And that's where, again, it's like, it's hard. I'm not the builder, but I know he's more expensive than other engineers. But he makes my life easier. So which, is it really more expensive? Yeah, in the grand scheme, it's not. It's not. Don't right? look at a line. Look at the total. Yeah, but I think what people get fixated on, yeah, is is that line item. Oh, forty thousand dollars for plans, or like you know what I mean, right? Where it's yeah, like, but we save fifty thousand dollars on framing side or whatever, yeah. right? But unless I'm truly billing every hour to that, and they can at the end put that as like you know, which it doesn't really happen. It kind of like you know, my two, three hours on plan work a night kind of just get lost in it. So they yep. still, you know, they kind of still think they've saved that money, but it's it's more just lost in the actual framing cost, if that makes sense. It does. You got you got room for improvement in your business? Always. What do you Always, mean? right? What do you mean? Oh, I'm just asking. Yeah, just Not everybody figures it out. I don't. I have yet to meet anybody who figures it out. Yeah, so there's always room for improvement. Always room for improvement. Yeah. It's yeah. just like I get a lot of young guys coming into the business thinking, nah. I don't know. I got this figured out. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Come over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, who, who are these people? I want to talk to them because, but no, nah, man. And even from a business point, definitely not. Definitely not from a business no. point. But even from a carpentry point, like that's what I always joke with the boys. Um, it's like we always do stuff different. Every single build, I'm changing it. 
Because every single build is custom. Yeah, but it's also I learned something on the last one. And you're improving it. Yeah. You're so working like, off of it. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I've never been like, oh, this is how we do it. So we're going to stay oh, doing it that way. you can't be that way, man. Yeah. It's always, I'm always more, as soon as I, in my head, if we're doing something, and as soon as in my head, I'm like, this kind of fucking sucks. I change it next time. It right might away. suck more next time, but I still change it to try to find a better way. Do you find a better way? Yeah, a lot of times we do. Yeah. You know? And then you're more efficient. Yep. Then it goes back to your business. You're more profitable. Yeah. But sometimes you don't. But, you know, that's, again, like coming back to the roller coaster, it's the same thing. You're going to have gains and losses. You're going to have yep. ups and downs. Like, you know, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's how it is, man. Yeah. Everybody Makita on the crew? No. Why? Is there a yellow guy there? Yeah, two of them are yellow. Two yellow guys there? I know. Wow, I, I didn't think that would happen, man. I know, and the one guy, Marco, actually, like, because he started, so Marco's actually a good buddy of mine. Um, we lived together in Whistler for a long time. We were roommates coming up, and uh, he was actually a hotel manager. Before Framing? Yeah, well, before the pandemic. Oh. The pandemic hit, and they laid him off. Wow. And for two years, I was trying to tell him to come frame with me, right? I was like, you know. There's good money in construction. I know he was same type of dude. He liked being outside. He's into his truck. He's always throwing wrenches on his truck and stuff like that. And I was like, you know, there's, there's, what, what are you doing? Like, you're a manager at the hotel. You're capped. What do you make? I'll start you as a laborer on that. Let's go. You know what I mean? Like, and he was kind of humming and hawing. And then the pandemic hit. And it's like, I was like, you want to do it now? He's like, okay. <clears throat> and then he went. Yeah, but it, it's also hard because, you know, he's a bit older and st it's, it's, you know, he was kind of thought that was he was going to be in hospitality management as his career. But so he had a tough time for the first, you know, five months. I spend a lot of time with him and teaching. But, you know, it's when when you start and you're not good, good at something, it's really frustrating. It's really frustrating. And, and the like, walking analogy, man. Yeah. You don't give up because you're a baby and you don't know how to walk. You fall. You no. just keep yeah. on getting going. Right. Yeah, exactly, and that's kind of you know, he's the kind of dude who has that mentality. So, but he's a out. he's a he's a very good framer right now. Yeah, well, he's learning. He's like learning. he's only been doing it since you know, like for three years, right? But I don't know. I'd say I I I. He's got potential. Oh yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, I, you you use everyone to the, their abilities, right? And he's coming from coming from hospitality and management and, and all that, like he's very good. Like he does all my lists. He does all my organizing. He does my tool inventory. He's got some assets, man. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? It, he does all my, you know, Hey Marco, make me a list for the takeoffs. Make me, you know, make me a material list, you know, uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, Hey, he, he kind of, he kind of, you know, I'll go to him for if I'm off site. He kind of has the day-to-day -day task for everyone. He's good at managing, right? He might not be the, the best framer yet, but so that's what I'm saying. He came from management. Well, let's use his management skills, right? It works. It's smart. Yeah. That's business, yeah. man. Yeah. And I guess, too, I'm learning. That's what I've, I guess, I've talked to a few other guys about this, too, but it's, you got, you can't expect everyone to be you. And, like, that's what I struggled with for my first couple of years. It's like... You actually thought that you could find more use? Yeah. I Like, you know... They're grazing up on the hill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that was... I don't know. I took... And I was like, yeah, it's not you, Tim, doing it. So he's going to take twice as long or it's going to be a bit out or, like... Is you that know hard? I mean? Is that hard for you to, to finally realize that? To see that? Yeah, I still struggle with it every day. Because, like, 
But you're seeing... Especially if I'm having a bad day, right? Yeah. And it's like, I look over and it's like, oh, fuck, is it taking him two fucking hours? I would have had that done in 15 minutes. That's fucking goal. We see, I mean, we see a lot of that. Like, I see a lot of it in younger guys. They see like, I don't understand why you don't get it. I don't understand why you don't get it. I got it. I would have gotten it. I would have done it. We would have moved on. And then you're like, "Mm, find a better way to teach. Yeah. Yeah. That's just basically at that point, right? Yeah. And just understand that uh, you can be a teacher. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I I think I do try to, like, my whole, even though, you know, a lot of my stuff's uh, fixed price and I still take a lot of time to teach, right? Because, I don't know, in my mind, it's the same as, I don't know, it's the same as I was talking about uh, the engineers and, and uh, the networking before. It's it's paying now for your future. Yeah. And that's the goal. And, yeah, it's a gamble because, like, you've talked about with guys on here, people leave and people are transient, you know, but, like, you don't if you don't invest and don't try, you'll never get the outcome, right? It's you like, won't. And you can't be negative because you taught somebody and they moved on and done something else. No, of course not. There's and no reason for it. Why are you gonna consume your thoughts that way? Yeah, and and like it was like the when I first started my right hand guy uh, who I had with me, he ended up going on his own and starting a little furniture company and moving to the island. That's great. You know yeah. what I mean? And and I, and that's fine. Like, and, and I'm going to try with Marco and other guys in the company that like, if they don't want to go on their own, all that's, you know, you're talking about growth. Well, I'll grow the company to be able to accommodate the, their growth. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because people need to grow and, and they need to feel like they're, they're progressing in, in their work and in life. And and yeah, so if Marco, like we're just using Marco as an example, if he gets to a point where I feel he can run three guys, then yeah, let's take on another project, right? If he's comfortable with that or, you know, and that, that's when it'll be time to do it. But then the guys also are looking up to you to see that there's that opportunity there, that you're understanding the growth aspect of it. Yeah, of course. It's not just like, like you said it in the beginning there, it's just, you, you're not just punching the clock, man. No, yeah. And like, I specifically on this um second build we just started with the the mono pouring we can talk about that in a second but um uh marco and cam i kind of like i printed out a nice layout i did all my own measurements in red on blue beam like basically here's a page every number you needs on it lay it out i'll watch and i was there and i i helped and like oh no no but like you know they basically for that whole footing they kind of laid everything out i just i was just watching so the machine was working. The machine was working. And it's kind of, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it was the first time I felt the machine working, which, which is without me kind of, you know, Being tur- right turning in the there. gears, pushing the clutch yeah. in, shifting gears. You were operating your business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and that, that was, yeah, this has been kind of the first time I've kind of, you know, even like yesterday and, say Friday? Today's Friday. Yeah, yesterday and today, it's like, you know, the boys are working without me. That's the first time I ever had them work on site without me, especially with that many guys. Like, I've left Marco kind of with a day, kind of, but there's six guys on site without me right now, which is, I'm just trying not to think about it. They need you, Tim, <laughs> but they don't need you. Yeah, yeah. That's you awesome. know, it's like, on, but like, I, I'm a phone call or a FaceTime away or a text away, you know, like Marco exactly. was texting me when I was on the plane. I had Wi-Fi. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's a four-foot footing. Do that as a PF2 pad. Yeah, that needs two horizontal bars. Yeah, you're right. Cool. Thumbs up. See, perfect. Yeah. So that oh. pour went well? Uh, we haven't poured that one yet. Oh, you haven't? That's the one without the permit we're waiting. Oh, you're still waiting on that one? Yeah, yeah. So the mono pour, um, we started just after. The other one uh, in Wedgwood's, 
we basically got the foundation done and the floor on okay. the, the floor framing to brace for backfill because there's like it's 12 foot unsupported uh, concrete walls yeah. so I'll always if we're doing that for backfill I'll always either temporary brace the walls or I'll put the floor system on before we backfill man have you you ain't doing easy shit out there man like you know mm-hmm. you're doing challenging shit yeah, yeah. like like you got you got engineers out this way that are scratching their head going how the fuck did you pull that shit off right <laughs> yeah like have you come across stuff that you're just a little nervous about because it doesn't seem like you're nervous about it <laughs> i'm like, nervous every single project that's man. what i was just about to say every yeah. single project yeah but like Fast foot by fat form protects your forming lumber from the concrete. So stripping it, it's a brace and can be reused over and over. You can tie it into your wall and slab membranes to prevent moisture from wicking into the home through your footing. With the crazy prices of lumber lately, it's time to start looking at doing things differently. Find them at www.fab-native-form.com and follow them on IG, Fab Form Industries. But I, I don't know. The more you're in it, the more you realize that if... <laughs> You can use what you know to figure out what you don't know, yeah. right? So you're not going to know everything, but you can know enough to figure it out. And I, I got the confidence, and, and I kind of hit a point where I knew that. So it's like as much as it's still intimidating, it's like I have as good a shot in my head. You know, maybe it's maybe I'm out to lunch. But in my head, it's like uh, I have as good a shot at figuring this out as pretty much anyone because from the carpenters I talk to, you know what I mean? It's true. Right? So it's like if he can do it, I can do it. And like – <laughs> that just comes back that's kind of my mentality and in, in the trades and i always worked on my own trucks and stuff and like i mean my missus was like you know like how did you know how to rebuild a whole engine in a head gasket <laughs> i was like well i'm in construction and i know the dude at the mechanic shop is no more proficient than me at figuring shit out so it's just going to take me twice as long i'll figure it out but i'll figure it out yeah but that's just the mindset that you kind of you know is is a good trades person, I would say, right? But yeah, they definitely intimidate me, and you know, and that's why they're challenging jobs. Yeah, they're challenging jobs. Right? And for me, this last one, I don't know. Even some might say it's depending, challenging. But like this, the first one I did and kind of started first there, where we're waiting for backfill. It's pretty simple to me. Like there's steel and there's columns and there's now 140 degree walls and like. But to me, that's like. That's a box. There's like only two elevations, a couple out of square corners, a little bit of steel. Like that's a breeze, right? <laughs> One day I'll get out there and I want to sit there. I just want to watch and just check right? it out, man. I'd if you ever come out, we'll go through. I know like all yeah. the build. We can you can we'll go through some nice homes. You can see different stages. You want to see like it's a pretty. Sm- it, that's oh, I'm impressed with the way builders are doing things out west, man. Yeah, yeah. And like Whistler's night, and that's that's why I said we're blessed to be able to build in that place with people who have the money they do and want to build what they want to build. Yeah, there's a lot of high end architecture, yep. and it's it's fun to build, right? And especially on the projects with bigger budgets, because it's you know, and now a lot of my projects they still have budgets, right? Like it's still you know still always over budget. Is it mostly Canadian architects? Yeah, they're mostly Canadian. Yeah, yeah. which is like, refreshing. I don't to know see that. Yeah, Stark Architecture. I don't know if you've heard of them. Uh, they're big out west. Okay. Uh, Fritz, they're another big one. Um, those are kind of the two two big ones. There's a company out of Whistler, NAR. They're called G-N-A-R. Of course. Why <laughs> would it be spelled any other way? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they kind of do full design um, architecture. They're pretty good, too. Um, yeah. 
but uh, who's the other one? Anyways, a lot of high-end, world-renowned architects have built houses in Whistler. Man, what are you doing for your downtime? You still skiing, or what's the story, man? Uh, I actually don't ski too much anymore because I've had, I don't know, my body's broken. I had two, three knee surgeries. Yeah, but is that from the skiing or from the motocross? Uh, that's from skiing. Like okay. I said, when I came, then I was kind of going way back to when we were talking at the beginning is um, I wanted to be a, a professional skier. Yeah. But that kind of, the body started deteriorating pretty quick after a few surgeries and, you know, um, and that's kind of when I realized that, oh, maybe I should do carpentry as an occupation and skiing should be a recreation. And that's what my dad always said. My dad always told me skiing was a recreation, not an occupation. But for some people it is. Depends, but I mean, it's it's hard to three surgeries you had. Yeah, that's just on my knees, just on the knees, shoulder surgery, elbow surgery after an incident, or okay, that's why shattered my kneecap, torn Uh, my LC, torn my LCL, torn my MCL, uh, broke my collarbone in three places. Is Marco putting a grocery list for that together or what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But so you thought you'd take it easy by doing steel beams and cantilever and building into rocks and yeah, yeah, BC. That's it. eh? Yeah, yeah. That's a cakewalk. It's a box of Kleenex at that point. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but and I, I think that comes into why I enjoy forming and framing yeah. is because it's kind of, I don't know, call me adrenaline junkie, I guess. But it, it kind of suits that nature. And, you know, why I like walking wall plates. I like walking beams. You know, it's and, you know, yeah, for sure. You got to be safe. hundred percent. You got to be safe. But like I, I have this argument with people that like. It still takes a skilled tradesperson. So like if you make it so that, you know. You don't you, like I don't know. People comment on my stuff when I'm out on a beam without a, a rope, but like, uh, just shut up. But it's like <laughs> I'll drop an 80 foot cliff on my snowmobile, and it that's for fun. So like, I don't mind walking a beam at work because it's kind of fun. Like you know what I mean? And like I would never, but that's where the line's drawn is. I would never make or ask the guys to do that. Yes. Right. And you would not, and you're not and, putting and, yourself in danger either on a job site or yeah, on a hill, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that's it. Yeah. You can get hit walking, crossing the street. Yeah, exactly. That's and, yeah. And I think the biggest, biggest thing you can do for safety is, is be alert and pay attention. The accidents happen when you're distracted and you're not aware of your surroundings. Yeah. It doesn't matter how many harnesses, how many ropes you have, like an accident will still happen if the guy's not paying attention and he's complacent. Yep. So that's what I stress to the guys all the time. Be aware. It's a job site. Yeah. It's construction yeah. site. Always be aware. And everybody's there to do a good job and everybody's there to go home. Yeah. Yeah. So they can do another good job tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Simple. Simple yeah. math, man. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting close to the end, man. I, oh, I, just, shit, really? I know that. Well, listen, um, we haven't even talked about, I know before we started recording, man, forming and how, let's just basically say it, man. I know, we haven't even got You it. ain't doing ICF. Yeah. You're a dinosaur at this point, man. Yeah. Simple I, I, as that. If, if, if you're building a house with a conditioned basement or a conditioned space on the interior of your foundation, it makes absolutely no sense not to do ICF. 100%. And I actually, I had a project that I turned down because of it. They didn't want to do it. They was a, uh, you know, they're kind of an old, more old school architect or big builder kind of group out of the city. And, uh, you know, I bid the project and I was like, I gave them two prices even. I was like, here, I'll traditionally form it. And then you still have to do X, Y, and Z to insulate yeah, and cool. backframe your frost walls and yeah. all this. Or here's ICF. My quote's $20,000 cheaper for labor and you don't have to do anything afterwards. And they said, nah, 
we don't want to do that. And I said, goodbye, not my project for me then. Wow. Like if you, if you know, and it's kind of nice that sometimes I can do that, but it's, it, it, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to build like, I don't want to go backwards. If we can build more efficient, like I don't want to not build more efficient that I already know how to. So to me, that was like, uh, I want to drive by there 50 years from now and know yeah. that you built that, you formed it, you framed it. You yeah. And it was just a red, you know, people like that. That was just a red flag that they didn't want to change their When ways did you learn that? that? I mean, cause that's the thing that kids, a lot of kids nowadays, they have a hard time saying no. They just think that they need to gobble up all the work. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, I'm, I'm still struggling with that to be yeah, honest. Are you? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. like, I was also, I think I was saying, well, I didn't have the crew, but I was also saying no, maybe too much. There's a, like, I was more, I was, I think I was the other side of the line. Oh, Whereas really? like, I was too cautious and like, oh no, we can only do one a year. Like I can only take on one home a year. Like I, you know. Were you just afraid of growing just in case? And yeah, it was more just, I didn't have the guys to be honest. Like if it's only me and two other guys, like I it's can't, hard. like, you know, it's hard. Yeah stuff's going to sit for a while and like no one's going to be happy and right so because they're look, looking at you to get to a, the next stage and yeah so, exactly and, and you know and not, you don't want to be that that guy yeah yeah that guy that they're waiting on and, yeah right right so so yeah i mean back to icf it's just everyone needs to start waking up it's unfortunate i get that there's a lot of companies here and out west probably that have spent a lot of money and building or buying their forms and building all that shit and getting it all ready but Oh, you're talking about like, uh, yeah, yeah, like Perry Forms or yeah, right? all yeah, kinds yeah, of yeah, stuff. Yeah. Right? So they, that's that's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing that that's the number one reason why they don't want to just jump ship and go into ICF land because they've already invested into so much. And I'm like, yeah, I get it, but we're not listening to music on a track anymore. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. So it's like time yeah, to, you, yeah, right. It's the same thing as yeah, if you've invested in a huge record collection, you probably have your vinyls at your house and you have your record player and it's a nice nostalgic kind of thing, but you still get in your car and you use your iPhone. You still go to the job site and you use your iPhone. So yeah. it's, you know, right. And, you know, people will still, they'll still do concrete basements for a while. I think not everything's going to be ICF. I bet you there's a guy who has an actual eight track in his Ford or something like that. <laughs> I'd like to see that. <laughs> I wasn't around for eight tracks, man. I don't think as before my time. And by the way, it's a track, like, a not eight. eight not eight. Oh, because a lot of idiots thought that you could only put eight songs on that thing and i'm like i thought it's it was not eight I, track i thought i i honestly i'm one i thought it was eight track i didn't think you could only put eight but i thought it was eight but yeah man i icf it's i don't know i wasn't a believer really you weren't convinced when you first saw it you're like thinking this ain't right no i was the same as uh most carpenters and like it was kind of why i hated you know same reason why i, I also hated the bone just before I even started it because it wasn't wood and I wasn't a carpenter in my eyes. Like, you know, and I still, from an efficiency and a build point, ICF makes way more sense. It does. But as a carpenter, I'd rather traditional form everything. Yeah, but we go back to line item and overall. Yeah. Right? Yeah, of so course. line item ICF yeah. versus overall the whole building structure. Yeah. It, it, it makes sense at that point. Exactly. But this is construction. It's hard to get dinosaurs to embrace new tech. Yeah. And, and where I'm lucky is I do foundation and framing, right? So, and my true passion is more framing than the foundation. Of course. Right? And, and because it's like, then I look at it like, okay, ICF is just a means to get framing quicker. Yeah. Right? So That's like. what it is. Yeah. So if I don't get my enjoyment out of actually like, you know. The f but we, we, I still, 
and I don't know, I wouldn't get enjoyment out of rental forms anyways, or, you know, or like just slapping panels up and, and you, you know what I mean? Where I get the enjoyment out of traditional forming is exposed architectural snap tie walls. Yeah. Right. That's, that's, you know, that's what gets me off. Like it's informing. Yeah. It's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Why. Where you get to see it and like, you know, but if we're going to backfill both sides and frost wall, then like, why do you care if you're using a rental form or your own Perry forms or your aluminum forms it, or that's ICF, it. right? So is there anything else you want to share before we uh, get to the 12 questions? Uh, no, I don't know. We'll probably have to do this again. Oh, I feel like we didn't sure. even talk about framing. Well, we talked about framing. Did we? What do you want to talk about? Oh, well, no, no, no. I got nothing. First like of I, all. I said I got off a plane yesterday. I don't have anything <laughs> on the list here, Manny. <laughs> Anybody want to talk about framing? Just go to his page and you'll pay attention to his framing there. Yeah, or shoot me a DM. I love talking it. shop. Whatever, yeah, you know. That's it. Uh, you're always, are you getting a little, you're not getting irritated. You're always, people are always reaching out to you, man. And just yeah, I don't get irritated. I, I pretty much try to respond to everyone. Yeah. Um, if you got questions or whatever, or, you know, um, yeah. Reach out. I'm always 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 answering the dms on instagram and i love talking shop whatever it may be kid pound for pound tim uh lb4 lb frame form.com timmy at lb4 lb frame form.com on instagram pound the number four pound four and framers sorry framers uh 12 questions man oh boy i'm ready yeah but you know these questions man yeah i do what is your favorite construction word Money. It's a good word. But but not money in the sense of dollars. We use money. Like whenever a corner is good, I put a dollar sign on it. When I plumb a corner or money. a wall. Money. Money. She's money. She's money. Uh, what is your least favorite construction word? Oof. I don't know. Oof? No. <laughs> Change order, <laughs> but I don't even hate them that much. I don't know. You don't hate change orders anymore? I guess. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to re retract that. Uh, do, uh, but we've always done it this way. Yeah. I hate that. Oh, it's the worst. That's such a, I don't know. What turns you on in construction? Cantilevers. Two to one? It depends. Depends, right? Yeah. Depends. What's the longest cantilever you've done? I've done? Oh, I think I've, I actually haven't done that many huge cantilevers. I think it was 20 foot, 20 foot out. 20 foot? Yeah. What were the... I think it was a 60 foot steel beam. Ooh. Something like that. That's like you cantilever over a Toronto house. Yeah. <laughs> what turns you off in construction? Uh, um, the mentality that... You can't figure it out. When there's guys are like, oh, I don't know, it doesn't work. There's always a way. There's always a way. Always a way. Or if like, I don't know, yeah. If there wasn't always a way, we'd be like in a cave right now cooking dinner. Um, mm -hmm. What's your favorite curse word? Oof, I don't know, fuck. It's a good one. Favorite vehicle of all time? Vehicle? Anything. I'm going to say a snowmobile. Do we have to if we have to pick a specific one? I'd say yeah, an eight fifty two stroke turbo. That's a vehicle. Uh, what's your least favorite vehicle? Oh man, it's got to be those those uh, those the hamster the hamster boxes, the souls, the Kia souls oh, or whatever. Man, those the commercial, the old commercial where the hamster was driving down in the box. I think all those that and the cube and yeah, yeah. like those vehicles should all be just buried. That's all. 
and concrete. Yeah. Or electric. I don't like electric. <laughs> we don't need to go there, though. What's your least favorite? Oh, sorry. What construction sound or noise do you love? Chainsaw. What con- or construction sound or noise do you hate? Multi-tool. Yes. Especially a DeWalt one. Yeah. The boy, I I purposely bought two Makitas because the boys' DeWalt's are so loud. I don't even use them. I get, I'm like, you're a framer. You should be able to do everything. Or I bet you, sips if you off. if you were to wrap the DeWalt multi-tool in a wet towel, it still <laughs> will sound like that. Oh, yeah. Man, you can hear you can hear it like, like down the neighborhood when someone's using it. It's wild. <laughs> what? Uh, sorry. What was that? Oh, hey, yeah. Sorry. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Engineer. Engineer. That's what I thought. What profession would you never want to? Do? Or sorry. Sorry. What? Or a rally car driver. That'd be pretty fun. Man, you just like knees are busted. You know, rally car drivers. Break yeah, but up, it, break it, other bones. It's right? like what Ken Block said: "With age comes a cage." <laughs> <laughs> what pre- I could see you doing rally car. Yeah, and you're in a cage, totally five point harness, cage, full flyer, retardant suit, helmet, neck brace. But you go where that thing goes. Yeah, yeah. And then you stop where that thing stops. Yeah, but as long as you're harnessed and you got a metal cage around you, you're good. <laughs> what profession would you not like to do? Oof, uh, I. I don't envy people in uh, customer service, it's like any kind of customer service. Like I know like technically like clients and stuff, it's different. I mean like walk in the door and they want a, a drink or I, I don't know. I just see so much of that. Even like, even in McDonald's, like I don't know, people grind my gears, man. Like they're freaking out about $2 on a cheeseburger. It's like, here, I'll pay for your cheeseburger. Just leave this person alone who's working there they're making minimum dog, wage. Dog like, them, eh? yeah, dog, I know. But life needs to be better. Yeah. Last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at those pearly gates? Turn around. You're not done yet. Tim, man. Good to see you, bro. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me, man. This has been awesome. We'll definitely have to do it again. I love seeing you, man. You're like, you're looking well. You're looking good. You know? No, you are. You're looking good, man. You're like, it's it's good to see you because I know we've spoken quite a yeah. bit and, yeah. and it's just like, that's it. Yeah. It's all good, man. So. Yeah. Thanks for making the time. Literally, you're making the time. You're yeah. literally driving around Ontario right now, <laughs> yeah. taking care of certain things, and all of a sudden you're like, I'll make a pit stop at TCL <laughs> Studio and just make a show, man. Yeah, there we go. I'm glad it, it worked out. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Everybody, check them out again at uh, lb4lbframeforum.com and reach out to them, Timmy, at lb4lbframeforum.com and also on Instagram is the best way to get a hold of you, right? Yeah, but Instagram Totally, pound easiest. for pound framers. That's yeah. it, man. Yeah, buddy. I think we're out of here, man. Thanks. We're out. We're out. Angelina, we're out.